Help your four-year-old find joy in learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And you're listening to us on the iHeart Radio Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and X-Zone Broadcast Network. To find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365, visit www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is paranormal researcher, writer, published author, and lecturer, Nicole Strickland, and Nicole currently resides in San Diego, California, and has been innately intrigued with the paranormal since childhood, having thus studied the field for a few years. She has been actively investigating historical landmarks and private residences for paranormal activity since the early 2000s after a profound experience with the spirit of her beloved grandmother. Joining me now is Nicole Strickland. And Nicole, first of all, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on The Excellent Land. Tell me about this experience that you had with your grandmother. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I've heard such great things about your show, so I'm really honored. Thank you, dear. Yes, um, I was always very close to both of my grandmothers, actually, but my Mm -hmm. mom's mom, my maternal grandmother, had congestive heart failure when I was a senior in college back in 2001. And so my grandmother called me the night before she passed, and it was in the afternoon, and she just wanted to see if I was okay, Mm -hmm. make sure I was okay, a very grandmotherly action that she often took. And so 
I, I, in retrospect, I feel a little guilty because I kind of rushed her off the phone oh. because I had to study and you know go to work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I talked with her for about 10 minutes. But the next afternoon, my mom called me. My mom, her daughter, uh, called me and said, you know, Nicole, I love you so much. And I knew right then that something bad had happened. And then she proceeded to say that grandma passed away early this morning. And, of course, I was just devastated. I felt, you know, my heart sink, and I just mm-hmm. felt like a part of me had died. So I went home to San Diego for the funeral services. And then when I got back uh, to my apartment in college, which was at the University of Arizona, I started having odd experiences in my apartment. They first commenced with my bedroom door and the front door doorknob rattling of its own volition. And of course, I tested it to make sure it wasn't, you know, a sure. next door neighbor, or the neighbor behind or underneath me, mm-hmm. things like that, any sort of external vibration. And I couldn't come up with anything to explain it. So I just bookmarked those experiences and just chalked it up to something weird. And then a couple of nights later, I was on my bed studying for a midterm, and I felt the disembodied caress of a hand touch my face. And it was interesting because it felt as if it came from someone that I dearly loved. That's when I started connecting the dots and thinking, oh, my goodness, is this my grandmother trying to make contact with me? Another couple of nights uh, passed uh, again couple nights later, I was on my bed again studying for this midterm when I noticed out of my left peripheral vision, I saw a glowing light. And so I took notice, looked to my left, and standing near my closet was my grandmother's apparitional form. She looked to be about 10 years younger. She was adorned in her favorite royal blue and white house dress that she liked to wear. And she looked as though there was like a spotlight uh, behind her uh, shining against her back. And she didn't really talk to me or anything like that. It was just more of a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. She stood there for maybe about a second, which was quite long to have a sighting. And then she um, demanifested, if you will. And that happened again for a few nights, uh, you know, a few consecutive nights. And that's when I told my mom about what I was experiencing. And I, you know, told her everything was very descriptive. And my mom and I both agreed to openly talk with my grandmother. Her name was Helen and let her know that the family is okay, that we're okay and that she's free to move on to wherever that may be. And after we did that, the experience has stopped. So I think in retrospect, I feel that it was just her last way of before she, you know, transitioned into spirit to make sure that we were okay. And uh, it, that experience was so profound that it started my tra- you know, trajectory as a paranormal researcher and uh, the rest is history. So. What, a, what a wonderful event. How did you feel yeah. knowing yeah. That, that there is the ability to come back from the other side to, to just let your loved ones know that, you know what, it's okay, I'm here, I'll be watching you, and life goes on. Right. It's extremely comforting in a very peaceful, loving way. I've, I always say that I was born into this field mm-hmm. because even as a young child living in Las Vegas, I now live in San Diego, California, but as a young child, I lived in Las Vegas. I had experiences from you know starting when I was two and three years old uh, there and 
So I think that I've always been on the intuitive side and can sense uh, spirits and ghosts and spirits, if you will. Uh, But when I had this experience with my grandmother, it taught me a lot. And it further just um, solidified for me that there is a lot more to life when we die. I do think that we do go somewhere beautiful and that we're able to still communicate with our, you know, earthly loved ones, if you will. So it's a very comforting and very peaceful feeling. I have and I thank my grandmother for that. It's just she really, you know, it was. I, I credit her for my journey as a as a paranormal researcher. So it's 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 very comforting. I look at life as follows: that, you know, Mother Nature teaches us so much in life. And when I look at right. how a, how a caterpillar goes from the stage of being a caterpillar goes into the cocoon and exits the cocoon as a butterfly, I look at the caterpillar entering the the cocoon as the stage that we call death. But as we all know, the caterpillar isn't dead. It emerges on the other side, so to speak, as this beautiful butterfly. And I really think there's much more to life. And I, I don't believe life stops when our physical body ceases to exist. I believe that the spirit continues and... I I think that we're on the cusp of learning a lot of things thanks to researchers like yourself and other people who dedicate themselves to trying to understand what goes on once this physical manifestation of ours, you know, goes. I I can't agree with you more, and I think the analogy of the the butterfly and the caterpillar is spot on. I I feel personally that, that... you know, our, each stage that we have mm-hmm. in life, you know, right now being me and you in the mortal realm, it's a learning experience. Then we, when we move on, we evolve to something even greater. And I think each of those lives, if you will, is yeah. a learning experience and, and just a whole new environment for us to grow, you know, for our souls to grow. So I, I absolutely believe with you that uh, death is in a way like a rebirth and, uh, you know, it's, well, I guess we're going to know the secrets of the universe when we get there one day, but I think it's, I don't think death should be something that we fear. I and agree. I think as paranormal researchers, at least for myself, I'm starting, starting to understand that concept more and I'm able to deal with the deaths of my loved ones much better now that I understand a little bit more about our mortality and about, um, you know, the spiritual realm. So I absolutely agree with you. I was speaking to uh, another guest earlier today, Dr. Alexandra uh, Sharon in Port Moody, British Columbia. And uh, she was saying that our society, ever since we started to put our loved ones into funeral homes, the fear of death has increased because we don't have that final closure and that, uh, of course, Hollywood and the different uh, television shows certainly haven't added to the the positive aspect of death. And, and I don't mean that lightly, but, you know, when you list, look at the walking dead, the zombies, this, that, and the other thing, I think, right. I think they go overboard in trying to... Uh, to abuse the, the fact that death is imminent. You know, from the moment you're conceived is the... You know, from the moment you're conceived is the moment you start to die in actuality. But and this is why I don't believe that there is this total finality. It doesn't make sense. I think that yeah. once this is just yeah. like a book on a bookshelf, we're finishing this book and we move to the next one. Absolutely, 
and touching upon, you know, Hollywood, the mm-hmm. media, mainstream media, and, you know, the TV shows, while they have given people a glimpse into paranormal research and maybe have uh, catered to the increase, uh, you know, the, the increase in wanting to delve into the field, I do believe that in many ways they stagnate our understanding of mortality and, and what may, uh, you know, happen after death. I agree uh, with We you. always say, my, my teammates and I always uh, have, we have a nickname for these TV shows and that we call them paratainment shows. And that's exactly what they're here for. All our right. Entertainment. They do little to mm-hmm. uh, really shed a light on, on what happens when our Nicole, we've got to take our break. Please stand by, dear. Exonation. Sure. Nicole Strickland is our special guest www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com and we'll be back after this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit 
www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Nation. My guest this hour is Nicole Strickland, and uh, Nicole is with the San Diego Paranormal Research Society, and their website is sandiegoparanormalresearch.com. Tell us a little bit about your organization. Absolutely. Before I formed it in 2009, I've had a lot of experience mm-hmm. working with various Southern California ghost research teams and I learned a little bit about what I what I like and what works for me and what I wouldn't want in a team so to speak so I've always had a desire to have my own group so I formed the San Diego Paranormal Research Society in 2009 and we're a very collaborative cohesive unit we care about what we do we care about and treat not only our clients and the locations and ourselves with respect and reverence, but we care a lot about how we treat the energies. And that whole thing of, you know, the golden rule applies a lot to paranormal research. What you put out, you get back. And we've experienced that. We specialize in uh, paranormal investigation projects at private residences, businesses, and various historical locales. So we've done many projects at various uh, San Diego known historically haunted uh, locations such as uh, the Whaley House, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, the Cosmopolitan Hotel, the Star of India, the Berkeley Ferry Boat, William Heath Davis House, and like I said, as well as various private homes throughout the county. We also go out of state uh, as well. Uh, I do a lot of my own private research on the RMS Queen Mary as well. We're also a very educational team. Now, we don't have all the answers to why ghosts and spirits exist. Maybe one day we will. And I I do believe that a lot of it is supposed to remain elusive until we reach those pearly gates, if you know what I mean. Sure do. But we do like to educate on proper paranormal research practices, investigative practices. Uh, So we offer classes for the public. And uh, we speak at libraries and, and conferences and that sort of thing. But we really, really enjoy what we do, and we take it very seriously. And uh, we've worked hard, and we know we've established ourselves as one of San Diego's most well-respected teams. So it's been a really good journey. Where, in your opinion, is the most haunted location in San Diego? Oh, my goodness. Well, San Diego has such a rich such a rich history with the Native American influence and the Spanish influence and the Mexican Rancho period influence. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but San Diego is a very, very haunted city. Oh, man, I would say now the Whaley House is the most iconic haunted location in San Diego. It's been featured, obviously, in numerous books and, and media outlets and so forth. I've been in the home. I will say that, yes, there's some sort of haunting there. My definition for a haunting is that uh, the energies there at a location have to have some sort of historical tie. So you definitely see that with the with the Whaley House. There's other places in Old Town as well. I would say for me, one of the most active sites, uh, I would say three locations for me, uh, Star of India, 
uh, one, and then the neighbor, one of the neighboring ships, the Berkeley ferry boat. A lot of people don't know about that as well as the Star of India. We've done research on there as well. Both those ships are extremely active, and there's other ships uh, in the Maritime Museum of San Diego, but primarily the Berkeley and the Star of India are the two focused ones for research purposes. Uh, William Heath Davis House down in the Gaslamp Quarter. It's now called the Davis Horton House. I actually did an episode of my ghost story uh, a few years ago at the William Heath Davis House, but we were able to have numerous uh, paranormal or personal experiences and uh, just one of our most profound, uh, I would say, disembodied voice captures that was also featured on the show as well. The past seven years, my co-director and I, Ali Sh- or Ali Schreiber, my co-director and I, we've been focusing a lot on the ranch of Buena Vista Adobe, which is up in Vista, California. We offer fundraising, uh, paranormal investigation tours there once a month. We've seen consistent interaction with energies there to the point where, whether it's via an electronic voice phenomenon or an instrumental trans communication clip or ITC clip, real-time communication, We've seen, we've been able to, I guess, uh, identify different voices from month to month. And it's very, there's a lot of intelligent interaction. Allie and I have talked about this, and we feel because we've spent so much time there that the energies know us and and know that we come with good intent. So that, I would say, it's a location that's not really well known because it's secluded. It's not in an area like Old Town that sees a lot of tourists. But it's very, very active. So I would say for us, the Ranch of Buena Vista Adobe. When you say very active, what kind of activity are you talking about? uh, When I say that, I mean uh, consistent experience, like personal experiences that we have, whether it's uh, sightings that we see or uh, disembodied voices that we hear or sometimes if we're touched, consistent experiences. Evidence in the form of EVP, disembodied voice captures, interesting uh, spirit photography captures, or situations where we'll have a a personal experience that we can't necessarily explain that correlates to some sort of environmental monitoring equipment going off for whatever reason. So, for example, if we get an EMF hit and then we have a personal experience or if we get some sort of drastic cold spot, and then we were to capture a really great EVP, those sorts of things. So we look for consistencies, and we've seen that a lot at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. You mentioned two ships that uh, that you've also investigated. Can you tell us about those two vessels? Oh, my goodness. The Maritime Museum of San Diego has some amazing vessels. The Star of India is very famous in that it, circumvented or it actually traveled uh the seas or around the world actually 20 i think 21 times wow uh, 21 or 27 so it's it's been around for a long time it was a merchant ship and at one point it, it uh, carried immigrants from uh, various areas so it's been a part of the maritime museum for a long time lots of activity on there it's also like the whaley house and that it's seen in mainstream media a lot and they have different programs on it, educational programs for kids. Uh, There's an annual event called the Festival of Sail, and it does still sail. I mean, it's extremely old ship, but it does still sail every once in a while. The Berkeley Ferry Boat actually hails from the San Francisco-Oakland area, 
And so it ferried passengers uh, back uh, to and from their destinations. It's known, really known for the fact that in the 1906 earthquake, San Francisco earthquake and fire, it actually carried many passengers, surviving passengers, um, you know, to safe uh, destinations. Uh, again, with that with that vessel too, they have a lot of events on their educational programs, weddings. Even yes. uh, there was a in 2010 a fundraising maritime ghost conference that I participated in, uh, held on on the Berkeley as well. So, I think with with all of its vessels, there's a couple submarines um, there as well, and some other ships. I think a lot of the energy, if you have energy pertinent to one ship you may experience it on the next just because they're so close in vicinity to each other but if you ever come to san diego whoever's listening please visit the maritime museum of san diego because it has a lot of history how many members are there in the san diego paranormal research society right now we have a lot of consultants that aren't necessarily with us we Mm -hmm. prefer a very small team so right now it's just myself and my co-director ali schreiber and, you know, someone may say, oh, that's not a lot of manpower, and I, and I get that. But the two of us work so well together, and it's something with us combined. We have this great mojo, and mm-hmm. we're able to really um, affect the environment that we're working in in a positive way. So it's us two right now as the main investigative team, but we have a lot of consultants from different areas that specialize in different things that we'll bring on. They may not necessarily investigate with us, but they'll be a part of the overall investigation which includes like the preliminary you know actual uh, made like phys- not physically at the actual investigation but in the evidence review process we have a couple psychic mediums that we trust that uh, we may send pictures to or or may- they may help us with client interviews that sort of thing so it's i would say with consultants included about six i think a lot oh. of uh, a lot of the groups that have a vast number of people who go out onto an investigation are actually working against each other. I love the way that you and I right. work together. I agree. Yeah. And I've, I've actually been in that situation where, you know, we've gone to a small house or a mm-hmm. small historical location and you have just so many people there and then you get human contamination of evidence and things like that. So I absolutely agree. I prefer to have a smaller amount of people and even if it's a large location, I just still prefer it because then you can be more cohesive and more collaborative. And I find, too, with larger groups of people that egos get in the way and there's competition amongst one another. So we try to avoid all that by just having, you know, just Allie and myself. So it worked well. Sounds like you have a winning combination there. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> all right, stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. And Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Nicole Strickland, and she is with the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. The website is www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And if you'd like to read the latest copy of the X Chronicles newspaper that we always put up there for you, the members of the Exxon Nation, no matter where you are on this great big planet of ours, www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 visit www.xzbn.net Nicole and I will be back after this news break so don't go away
Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation Nicole Strickland is our very special guest, and uh, she is uh, one of the two people behind the paranormal 
group in San Diego called the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. She is the founder and director, as I said, of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society and serves as the team's audio specialist and historical locations case manager. Nicole has worked with various Southern California research teams prior to developing SDPRS in 2009. She was also a core member of the Ghost Research Society from 2009 to 2017, serving as the Southern California Area Research Director. Nicole also serves as a consultant to World Paranormal Investigations, as well as a California representative for the American Spectral Society. Once again, the website is www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com. Nicole, if somebody calls you up, let's say I was living down in San Diego and I called you up and I said, Hi, Nicole, it's, it's Rob. I live at 123 Cherry Lane. I hope there's not a 123 Cherry Lane. Anyway, I think my house is haunted. Can you come over and, and, and see what's going on? Take me through the process that you would you would uh, take to, you know, to check out whether or not the house is haunted or not. Oh, absolutely. Great question. We're very, we, we are very, like I said, very protocol driven mm-hmm. and there's a process for everything. So just to start off, we're very selective with what types of clients we take on. If, if we get any red flags, so to speak, or if we feel that the clients, they have some sort of physical or mental disability that perhaps a paranormal investigation would maybe exacerbate we won't and we'll explain to them we won't we won't take it on but for those clients that seem genuinely concerned about their situation in other words they're not just wanting us to come out because they're trying to get attend media attention or anything like that they're legitimately concerned about their location what we do is we have them fill out a a a general uh, investigative request questionnaire and we ask a few questions, Mm -hmm. just getting to know a little bit more about the situation. And once we get that, we review it. We will then do a preliminary phone call with them. And that's basically just to establish rapport, learn a little bit more about perhaps what they didn't mention on the questionnaire and to see if there's consistencies or inconsistencies with what they said on the questionnaire and what they're telling you or talking to us on the phone. And then at that point, we uh, tell them a little bit about our team and about our process. And then as a group, so us and, and the clients, prospective clients, will decide whether or not we want to proceed with a with an on-location or on-site client interview. So when that happens, we go out to the location. We'll interview the clients uh, separately uh, to avoid power of suggestion and, sure. and bias and things like that. And uh, it's a pretty detailed client questionnaire. Uh, We go with the flow of the interview. So we may ask question one and then question 69 next. So we don't just go down the the list. We go with the flow of the interview. We get permission to record just in case we, because we take notes as well, but in case we miss anything, we can go back and listen to to the recorded interview. And then at, at that time, we have the clients take us on a walkthrough of that location just so we can see the location, see if there's any safety issues or anything that we know right away uh, can have a logical explanation for what they're experiencing. We'll take baseline photographs of every room, different angles of the room, do a general uh, electromagnetic uh, field uh, frequency sweep just to get baseline readings, same with temperature. 
things like that. And then we decide after at that point whether or not, well, maybe not at that point, but we decide as a group whether or not to proceed with an actual investigation. So if we do, sometimes it's just an educational session where we just go out and, and we uh, tell the clients or explain to them what, uh, you know, if they have answer questions and then we just go and explain to them what we know and it could just be more of like an educational session for them. Uh, but if we do proceed with an actual investigation, we'll set a time for that. Uh, and usually we do it at night. I, I get a question a lot of whether it should be done during the day or during the night. I am not 100% partial to the evening, but I think, you know, for availability and things tend to calm down more in the sure. evening. But if, if there's known activity that's happening only at a certain time of the day and that's in the middle of the day, well, yeah, it's probably best to do it then. But typically, whether it's day or night, we'll, we'll uh, come on site and do an investigation, typically lasting from four to six hours, and sometimes uh, a second or third may be warranted. And then after that uh, comes the tedious you know, uh, evidence review process, and you're having sometimes hours of audio, hours of video, many photographs to sift through and analyze, environmental monitoring, uh, or data that you have to analyze and, and compare and correlate with your experiences and with uh, the client's experiences and things like that. So, and this is something that the TV shows don't properly uh, show people. They, you know, a lot of people that I call armchair ghost hunters, if you will, they'll watch a show and think, oh, an investigation just lasts an hour. No, uh, especially with a private residence, uh, actually with any investigation, to be honest, but especially a private residence case, I mean, it may take a month or two, Wow! you know, and then after the, the review, you know, you, you meet with the clients and you go over things with them. And at that point, maybe they want a specialist to come in like a shaman or, or uh, a clergy member, things like that. So the process is very detailed. It takes a long time and it should, it should. So um, that's kind of our process with, with how we do things. Um, but it's, you know, it's, We've done many, and it's just it's amazing when you, after everything is said and done, and I, I don't always think that there's a complete, you know, finality to each investigation. I mean, because we always tell people, if you have any questions or if activity were to start up again, you know, feel free to, to uh, get in contact with us. So we'll keep their file on hand for a while. But it's really great, you know, at the end when you've helped them to feel more comfortable in their home and not be so scared of, of what may be happening. That's just that it's right there. That's the reward for me is just knowing that I've helped someone. Um, so, and the same can be said for Allie too. So it's, it's a labor of love. How long does it take you and Allie to figure out that somebody is just yanking your chain? Oh, <laughs> fairly quickly. I mean, they say not to judge a book by its cover, but you know, sometimes we've gotten really wacky emails we can tell it's probably someone that's, you know, had a few drinks mm -hmm. or they just seem off and they'll, it might just be like one sentence like, yo, I have ghosts in my home, come out. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, you could just kind of tell yeah. just from, you know, our years of doing this, who's, who's serious and who's not. So. In all the years you've been doing Yeah, we've gotten that, some funny ones. <laughs> we've gotten some I, funny I would ones. imagine so. In all the years that you've been doing your investigations with Hallie, what has been your most scaring or 
thrilling investigation that you two have done in a private home without, without you know, breaking confidence, of course. Oh, my goodness. We, I wouldn't, we don't normally get scared a lot, but there was this one private residence where uh, we were upstairs in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and we were getting a lot of uh, personal experiences here at this home and, and whatnot, but it was just, I wouldn't say this was scary, but it was just something where it just shocked us, and we were just kind of like hyper excited after this. Uh, we were upstairs in the bedroom and we were doing an ITC session with one of Allie's uh, spirit boxes that she has. And we were getting some interesting, weird responses seemingly from the same person. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, I think we were asking about the animals in the house, the dogs and the cats, if I remember correctly. And all of a sudden through this device, we, got this really, and it was obviously someone mimicking the sound of a meow, but it was super, super loud, and that came through the device, and it just kind of, like, shocked us. That's an example right there. Um, But I would say for us, and this is a consistent, on a consistent basis, not just one time, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, because in the past three, we've been, like I said, doing our tours and investigations there for seven years, but... In the past three years, we've really seen the energies come forward and and talk to us on a monthly basis. And uh, I would say uh, two situations occurred at the Adobe, both for me and Allie, and it had to con- had to do with our past loved ones. Allie, on one night, uh, her mother passed away a couple of years ago, and on one of the tours, uh, her mother had a, a nickname, and so on one of the tours. Uh, one of the uh, attendees asked Allie if she knew about this particular nickname. And uh, Allie's like, knew right away she felt that this person was intuitively sensing her mother because it was a very odd nickname that uh, someone wouldn't, it wasn't like right. a common nickname, it was just really odd. And so she knew right away, like, you know, how, how can that person have known? I didn't say anything to them about my mom. So there was that. And then about a month or two later, we were in another section of the Adobe and we were doing a spirit box session. And I didn't hear this come through at the time. I was reviewing my audio later. And uh, as I was reviewing it, I at one point heard the words, which sounded so much like my grandfather. And I, I just know it was him. And the words, I love you, Nicole, came through. And again, I knew it was my grandfather because he had a very distinct voice. And then right after that, I heard my grandmother's voice come through and call him by his nickname through the device. His nickname was Fulvio. So I heard right after he said, I love you, I heard my grandmother's voice come through and say, Fulvio, go home, dear. Oh, my God. And I just like I I literally like had to take my headphones off and I, I just sat there. And I think I even got tears in my eyes. So we've had both Allie and I at the RBVA, Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, have had very special experiences with our dearly departed loved ones. Right, stand by, dear. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation. Nation, Nicole Strickland is our guest, www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com. We'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our station, studios, and offices in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. 
plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. Nicole Strickland is our special guest. And um, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society, and they also have paranormal investigation tours, ExoNation, um, the Spirits of the Adobe Tours at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in Vista, California. The tour acts as a fundraiser for friends of the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. For more information, visit, visit vistacreation.com. First of all, uh, Nicole, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure having you on the show. But let me ask you this: Absolutely. for for people That's... listening to you over you know over the past forty five minutes, and they say, you know what, this lady knows what she's talking about. She's respectful. She's smart. She's not into the woo woo factors. How can 
our listeners learn to be paranormal investigators if they so choose? Oh, great question. Uh, I'm actually uh, working on a book about this. Uh, and there's a lot of books about this subject already, but just something with my own twist. I would say if you're very interested in, in wanting to learn the ropes of a paranormal investigator, you may not want to join a reputable team. But if you, let's say you want to do that right away, I would search out the teams in your area. I would figure out what you want as a, you know, what your attributes are. What do you want to get out of being an investigator? Are you in it just for the thrills and chills, which is fine? Or are you really wanting to learn uh, how to be a, 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 you know, a very genuine, hardworking paranormal investigator? So you have to ask yourself what you want and then look at some of the different teams, see if they're uh, taking on members and, and, get a feel for them, peruse their website, uh, get a, an idea for their mission and, and what their guidelines are and see if it fits in with what you want. There are also various meetup groups. Some are reputable, some aren't. So you may want to search out uh, some meetup groups. Conferences are another really good way to learn about uh, different aspects of the paranormal and supernatural. So find conferences in your area. I know up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and I've gone, I've been a speaker here uh, three times in a row. The Oregon Ghost Conference by Rocky, Rocky Smith of Northwest Ghost Tours is its president. Very, very, very reputable conference up in that area, as is the Port Gamble Ghost Conference put on by Pete Orbea. Uh, Pete Orbea. I know that a lot of listeners may be up near, you know, Canada and in that that general area, but uh, conferences, like I said, uh, see if uh, libraries or local community centers have any anyone teaching classes. Sometimes teams offer classes for, for paranormal investigators. Uh, books, too. You know, get your hands on books. Um, maybe there's some instructional YouTube videos. I would just uh, try to get as many resources as you can and uh, in review those, and then you can decide for yourself if it's something that um, you may want to, uh, you know, delve into further. Uh, tours, too, like our tours, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can even ask a team and say, you know, I'm interested in, in becoming a paranormal investigator. Is there a way I can shadow your group on an investigation? Um, that's another way. So I would just try to exhaust all those measures and and. and what works for you so that's my advice um where do you see this field in the next 10 years oh my gosh good question you know i think we're at a crossroads i think that we're on the cusp of really learning a lot more about this field uh however i do think that one one big pollution if you will that is uh, getting involved in our field right now is, is people's egos and being in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, I see a lot of teams that are like us that are dedicated and genuinely passionate about what mm -hmm. we do. And then I see some people that are just in it for the thrills and chills, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I see people that are, that are in it but just are, are so into uh, competition and ego and wanting to get famous and all that and, and basically exploiting the field because of that. I see too much of that. So I think that if we can uh, lessen the ego, get rid of it, put it on a shelf, if you will, I think it's going to open the doors for us as researchers and 
and allow those that are really, really dedicated to, you know, develop more theories and methodologies and test hypotheses and that sort of thing. So I see, like I said, that we're at a crossroads, but I'm going to be positive and I do see it evolving because, I, you know, I, I, I think it has in, in many ways. So I do uh, see it continuing to evolve. I don't know if we're ever going to find the answers that we're seeking, um, but, you know, I think that we're going to understand the more we the more we work hard in the field, the more we're going to understand. So a lot of work ahead of you. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it's passion. It, well, that's that's what makes it so credible is the passion, not the sensationalism. Right. That's right, exactly. I understand that you've also done investigations and research aboard the RMS Queen Mary. Yes, for many years. Why do you think that ghosts and spirits remain, uh, for example, in the in the Queen Mary in ghost towns in the in the in the well-known haunted locations around the United States and Canada, why don't these I think spirits? That there's, yeah, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, why don't these spirits cross over and enjoy the rest of eternity? Yeah, that's that's a that's a question that I'm not sure we're ever going to be answered or that we're ever going to be able to answer. I think a lot of it is by choice. I mm. think uh, some may feel stuck and not know how to move on and need that facilitation. Others, like some energies on the Queen Mary, like where they are, they prefer being earthbound and, and they want to stay where they are. So I think it just has to to do a lot with choice or just maybe not knowing how to to move on. Uh, but, you know, some some there's theories about some having unfinished business that they want to do here before they move on or maybe they're attached to a certain antique or item and they don't want to part from that or maybe they like being around their loved ones and, and, and just or, or a certain home or a certain building and they don't want to leave. So I think there's various theories. Uh, I don't think if anyone were to come on and say, I have the answer to that, they'd be a fraud because we sure. don't know why. But, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of energies may decide to move on and go from a ghost to a spirit, if you will. And then they have the free will to come back and visit however much they like. So I think it just depends on, on the entity and, and their particular situation. In your opinion, what are the top three golden rules when conducting an investigation? Oh boy. Respect. Respect and reverence, that golden rule. Mm -hmm. That's that is, uh, uh, I would say, the most important. What you get out or what you put out, you get back. Um, so that's, uh, I've investigated with people that don't treat energies that kindly, and it actually makes me sick. So um, definitely that respect factor is huge. I would say uh, get permission from whatever location you're investigating, whether it's a home, business, or a historical site. Get permission from that location to investigate and when you get that permission let them know what you're going to be doing so it's a collaborative set, collaborative event between you and that location um, i've seen many teams try to go in without that without a location knowing and charge money oh my gosh. at a private location and it, it's just, i mean it, it's just oh my gosh i mean this is what makes it look bad for the rest of us that care 
Um, and then I would say uh, be cognizant on, again, this goes along the lines of the respect factor. I see a lot of exploitation of the field. And while many people don't mean to exploit it, always be cognizant to treat the field in general um, with respect. So if you're, if you're in it just to get fame and you're going to do whatever you need to do to get that fame, you're in a sense exploiting, you know, locations and, and energies and other people. So be cognizant of that. I would say those three, those come to mind for me. Um, and then, you know, just uh, go in it with a nice, positive, open mind. You know, uh, don't ever delve into this sort of work if you're not feeling well or if you're in a bad mood or uh, if you have any sort of weird health condition that could be exacerbated or made worse by investigating. So know what you're doing uh, and, and have that collaborative uh mindset and respect your teammates and for their viewpoints because it's no man is an island in this field right everyone has something to bring to the table so that those those come to mind for me what is your opinion on there are a number of ghost research organizations that are into the demonic aspect Mm -hmm. and I've got about a minute left and I'm sorry I should have asked you this question earlier no but but how do you know like how do you as a professional see certain groups pointing to the demonic entities at any given time? Oh, my gosh, I'll try to answer this in a minute or less. I, I think a lot of these TV shows and mainstream Hollywood have caused this. Yeah. And I've seen demonologists sprouting up all over the place when there really isn't a need for this. I personally believe that if there is such a thing as a demon, that it's extremely rare. I think that a lot of people might misconstrue something that's truly malevolent with something with maybe just a lower level entity, someone that maybe had a bad life and is carrying on that personality and death. I also believe in thought projections and tulpas and that it's very easy to, for an investigator to project his or her own right. negative thoughts onto the environment. Okay, so I, I'm seeing a lot of that, and I yeah. think Nicole, that, I hate a to lot do, of that I, is being misconstrued. Nicole, yeah. I hate to do this. We're, we've run out of time for tonight. Oh, we'll okay. have you back on so we can continue this very interesting conversation. Thank you for joining us. You it's bet. been a great pleasure talking to you. And please give Thank our best you. to all the other members of your research group. And explanation, if you'd Absolutely. like to contact Nicole, visit her website. And I'll give it to you one more time, www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. 
www.thepowerhouse.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.